0: Hey, well, today I am joined by Brett and Bronwyn Stamps, two of our esteemed fellowship members who have spent the last year Uh, of their lives, serving the Lord through a series of really beautiful endeavors in Kenya. And really today, I wanted to introduce uh, a lot of our folks to you all and what y'all have been doing. And so thank you all so much for joining me.
1: Oh, thanks for having you.
0: So I'm curious, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself for those who have not had a chance to meet you. Uh, Where are you from? How did you guys meet? That whole thing.
1: Yeah, so I'm uh, Brett Stamps. Uh, My wife, Brahman and I met actually in college at the Baptist Student Union. Um, I just, she was in charge of this uh, event and was running around just, you know, being in charge, right? And I, and I absolutely um, told the friend, the friend that I was with, that I was going to marry her um, that night. And I was not a girlfriend guy. I was not a fall in love at first sight guy. But I just knew God just placed it on my heart that we were going to be married. She did not have that instant reaction <laughs> that I did. It took her a little longer to see that God was calling us to <laughs> start building lives together. Um, we just celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary in Navasha in Kenya. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: And so uh, you guys are um, in Memphis. You're in ministry. Uh, you're leading teen camps and, you know, seeing kids come to faith, discipling students. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, do you want to go to Kenya? Is that kind of how this happens?
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Um
2: yeah, so we, we were kind of in a place where we knew that God was about to kind of move us and do something different with us. We thought that would be kind of some different ministry uh, things uh, in Memphis. Uh, I was working at the YMCA. I have been with the YMCA for 17 years. Brett was a regional director at the YMCA for about six, seven uh, years at that point. Uh, and then I just kind of did a little little search just to see what was out there. And came across this job posting on Indeed that <laughs> I thought was Georgia because that's where the offices are here in the U.S. Uh, quickly realized it said Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, sent a screenshot to Brett and said, hey, want to go to Kenya? Um, LOL. Totally being funny. Uh, he replied back a minute or two later and said, I'll, I'll move to Kenya. And still just kind of being jokingly about it, and then God quickly put it on our hearts that we were supposed to be praying about it, Mm. Uh, and then it quickly moved to, okay, God just wants to see if we're willing to go, so maybe we should just kind of do this application process and see where it goes, because we're probably not the people they want anyway, and uh, within a month, uh, we knew for sure that we were going, Uh, we knew quicker than that that God was calling us there, and then within two months, uh, we had the official, yes, we want y'all here.
0: So, just to be clear, you guys had never been to Kenya before.
2: We had never been on the continent of Africa before.
0: And so you sent a text message, hey, you want to go to Kenya, LOL. And Brett, you say, yeah, why not? I'll move to Kenya.
1: Yeah, you know, I was home praying and, uh, yeah, I just got this text message. It It just felt right. I was literally praying about, okay, God, what's your next steps for us? You know, I know you're doing something. What's your next step for us? We've been praying through Isaiah 43. Um, kind of over and over again, that chapter over and over again, even before this, for a little while before this. And, yeah, I think I, I wrote in my prayer journal. Now, I don't remember this exactly, but I wrote in my prayer journal, I've, the next day, I've gone from being willing to go to Kenya to wanting to go to Kenya. Wow.
0: And, and that was obedience for you? Was that lack of fear for you? Like, what shifted in
1: you. God had done this before with us. You know, we hiked the Appalachian Trail um, with the North American Mission Board um, just to kind of share our lives and share our faith as we hiked along and, and met people. And and God had called us out of that. You know, there was another time that we were, we were working, and God made it very clear that we were supposed to leave our jobs, yeah. and we did. We stepped out in faith, and then we ended up... Um, uh, it, it, that's when I ended up at Jiff. I was at Jiff for six years. Mm-hmm. Um, so God, God had made it very clear that if we step out in faith, mm-hmm. He's got a plan. That's
0: good. So you send a text message. You're like, yeah, let's go. Um, you come to church. You hear a sermon. Isaiah 43 <laughs> confirms what you want to do, right? You sound you you hear how ridiculous this sounds, uh, but that's often how the Lord works. Um, and you're getting ready to go. You're raising money to go. All that stuff's happening. Things are going good. Well, you've got a date that you're getting ready to leave. And then just kind of, it seems like you guys enter into a spiritual warfare buzzsaw of sorts. Uh, can you guys kind of walk, yeah. for those who don't know your story, What what was going on the week before y'all were supposed to leave?
1: So, um, yeah, we, our bags were packed. We were ready to go. Um, everything that we were taking to Kenya was in our house. It was literally our last night in the house. Mm. Um, and Bronwyn woke up and the bed was on fire. Um, we had moved everything into the den because it was like, that was it. There was, there was a mattress. There was a couch that somebody was coming to get the next day and all of our stuff that was going with us to Africa. And Bronwyn woke up, the bed was on fire. Um, uh, she had enough sense to, to go out the front door. I had enough sense to not do that. Um, I, went and got, I went and got a fire extinguisher. That it, Well, I went to go get the fire extinguisher, um, and it wasn't there because we had moved everything, right? We'd moved out of the house, and, and I couldn't get my hands on it. Stood up, and there was nothing but black smoke. I couldn't see. A house that we had lived in since 2004, I couldn't find my way out of the house. And I uh, just kept saying, I can't find the door. I can't find the door. And I could hear Bronwyn from the front of the house saying, come to my voice. Um, Mm. And I couldn't find, you know, we had, the the kitchen table was gone, the the stuff off the walls was gone. So I couldn't get my bearings and I couldn't find my way out. And I I was on a different wall than I thought I was. And I just kept saying, I can't find my way. I can't find my way. And she just kept saying, come to my voice, come to my voice. Mm. And I was waving my hand and she came back into the burning house, was waving her hand and we couldn't see each other, but our hands hit. And she uh, had the wherewithal to know where the door was and pointed me in the right direction. And I went out the front door and collapsed. Um, And then the fire department got there and yeah, went to the (laughs) hospital. Um, I had, when they first took me back, they talked about third degree burns and and skin grafts and scarring. Um, My hair had had singed (laughs) off. And then the next day, I mean, I started telling people, I I, I told you, I was like, you know, we're in the hospital, pray for us. Or maybe Bronwyn did. I can't remember. I was kind of drunk. (laughs) Um, And and the next day they said, you'll probably go home tomorrow. And I ended up with not really very bad burns. Um, Yeah.
0: But just to be clear, all your stuff burned up.
1: Yeah, this was three days before we were supposed to get on a plane to move to Kenya. And everything that I was taking, most of what you were taking, everything I was taking burned up. Um, we actually came and did a, uh, an interview for the news for us. And I had to decide if I was going to wear Star Wars pajamas or basketball shorts. Because that was the only two <laughs> items of clothing I had left. So, you know, I Star Wars pajamas. And they came out. And, yeah, we did the, did the interview.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> That's so amazing. So you've got a date. You're supposed to leave in three days. the 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 house catches fire. All of your things catch fire. The house that you sold at this point. Well, we hadn't
1: sold it yet. We were we were signing papers in two days, leaving in four. <laughs> so the
0: house that you were gonna close on now burns down. A lot of people would have said, "This is clearly a picture or a, a, some sort of sign from on high that we're not supposed to do this." You guys perceive that a little differently, right? So what was that like for y'all, those next steps?
2: Yeah, honestly, we, we, we never thought that we weren't going. We had a lot of people trying to say, oh, it's a, it's a sign you're not supposed to go. It's, you're not supposed to go. But we, we never thought that. Like, for me, it was just God showing us that he's going to take care of us and protect us. Like, hey, I protected you through this and took you through this, which could have been a very, very different outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I can protect you here with this, I can take care of you in Kenya. And so we never really doubted that. And then as we were downtown trying to get new car titles and Mm -hmm. new driver's license and debit cards and all those things that you've got to replace uh, when you lose them in a house fire, uh, Brett ended up on the phone and found a new buyer for the house. Uh, And I mean, between the buyer and the insurance, you know, everything worked out actually even better than it would have had we not. We don't recommend doing it that way. Um, (laughs) And, and fortunately, our insurance agent knew our story, so it didn't look too shady with the house being pretty empty when it burned down.
0: Man, that is so amazing. So house burns down, and the Lord works it out for your good almost even better than it was before mm-hmm. all that yeah, went down. No, now, I, I, must, I must say, uh, when I first met you, you had long, flowing, blonde hair that in the fire— Became no more.
1: Um,
0: this is not for anyone listening. This is just for me personally. Do you miss the hair?
1: Um, I missed I missed 2006 Brett's hair. You know, like when it was still thick and, and luxurious all over. <laughs> but it was it was. I mean, let's face it. It was going anyway. And God, it was kind of God's way of saying, "Okay, look, look, I love you. It's time to make a change." <laughs>
0: <laughs> let
2: me make time, it easy for you. <laughs> yeah,
0: time to let it go. Um, that's that's so that's so cool. So. Um instead of um leaving on a Wednesday, now your date gets pushed out, but you guys are going, right? You get oh, out yeah. of the hospital, you get cleared, yeah. house gets yeah. sold, you're buying new stuff, you put all of your life on a plane <laughs> and you fly to Nairobi to do what.
2: Sure. Um so the main thing that we do is we run an international camp uh for kids ages seven through eighteen. And it is just that, international. So literally kids from all over the world. The UN is in Nairobi. There's 100 different international business headquarters that are in Nairobi. Um, And, of course, tons of mission groups. So we have everything from missionary kids to diplomat kids to local Kenyans. There's a huge Indian population there. Uh, We are the only camp in East Africa. So if you want to send your kids to camp, you have to send them to us. We do not hide the fact that we are a Christian camp. In our packing list, it says, bring a Bible. So parents know they're sending their kids to a Christian camp, um, and they want them to have what they refer to as an American camp experience. So they send them to us, knowing we're a Christian camp, but we literally get to share the gospel with kids from Muslim backgrounds, from Hindu backgrounds, Buddhist, atheist, I mean, you name it, we had over 30 different countries and people groups represented by campers last summer. Almost 800 campers we will have more than that uh, this next year. Uh, and these are kids that aren't going to hear anywhere else. They're only coming to us because their parents want them to have this camp experience.
1: <laughs> on Wednesday night, um, we present the gospel. I mean, and, and we do it throughout the week. We do Bible study, and, but on Wednesday night, like we really share the gospel. I go through the Roman road. Um, I use the bridge illustration. Um, We actually use a great big cross even with the bridge illustration. And when I'm sharing the gospel on Wednesday night, especially our later sessions, sessions like four, five, six, I'm sharing it mostly with a room full of uh, people who have never really heard a clear gospel message before. Mm -hmm. And after I share, um, I instruct all of the campers to go outside and, and lay in the field And their counselors come over to them. And while they're looking up at the stars, their counselors pray over them. And we'll have entire cabins of kids come to know Jesus. Um, We're giving out Bibles. We are, I mean, it's just a super busy night because people are encountering Jesus for the very first time. And it's, it's like nothing I've ever experienced. We've been in ministry together for 20 years. And that Wednesday night, gospel presentation is like nothing i have ever experienced seeing these people from different backgrounds different walks of life different faiths no faith coming into camp saying i'm just here to have fun i'm not here for all that bible stuff i'm not here for that jesus stuff and then seeing god break through that see the holy spirit start to work in their lives it is it is unreal
0: that that's pretty cool i you know i've often thought You know, when you guys said you were going to run a a summer camp, uh, I was thinking, oh, well, you know, like the blob and (laughs) field games and, you know, any other Americanized sort of uh, Western idea of camp. But part of the allure for camp for people is many people want their kids to have an American kind of experience But you guys aren't running a typical summer camp. So what does summer camp look like for you all?
2: So, I mean, it is typical in the sense that, I mean, we have a high ropes course. We do rock climbing. We do games and theme night stuff and talent show and all those fun things that you would do at camp. Um, It's just that we have four or five times a day that we get to pour into these kids spiritually so whether it's in a big group setting or just a small just with their counselors and their cabin and doing cabin devo time Uh, but the american camp experience is their kids coming to camp and getting to play soccer and do arts and crafts and go rock climbing and you know all these just cool fun things that we have them for six nights and before they go home so we have six nights to really just pour into them Um, They have a blast, uh, but also we have kids saying, I learned this week that God loves me and has a plan for my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kids saying that we didn't even really know that God was real before this week.
0: Yeah, and so one of the stories you were telling me is uh, students that or kids that come and hear the gospel um, have a, a conversion experience and are either going back to a hostile family or a hostile environment or just going back to a non-believing environment, um, what's it like to send a student off who comes to camp and doesn't know Jesus, um, Tuesday, Wednesday night, you know, they have this really strong conversion experience, but Friday, Saturday, you've got to send them back home. What's that like, and how do you equip those students to to walk faithfully once they get home?
1: Yeah, so the reason that we do our our really hard gospel presentation on Wednesday is so that we will have time to do follow-up. And I do present the gospel again on Friday night, um, in a different way. But the reason we want to try to do it early is be, so we do have time to have those conversations. We encourage them to tell their families. Um, they won't always. I mean, it's their story to tell, but we encourage them to tell their families. We, of course, give them a Bible. Um, a lot of them um, have to hide that Bible in their luggage or their, or their whatever, because they're afraid that they'll, they'll take it, um, so they don't want them to have it. Um, but, you know, the follow-up, the follow-up is what, we feel like we want to do better mm-hmm. you know um we inherited a lot of things and a lot of them were so amazing um but their parents send them to us at camp and we don't get to see them again mm-hmm. till the next summer right and, and and some of them because they're with the un or they're with some other organization they may only be in kenya for two years so we may not have opportunity to follow up so we have to get some things in their hands we have to get some things you know opportunity we have to 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 try to to get somebody in their life and then we're also trying to find ways to have more touch points with them so we're launching these adventure camps in december and hoping that their parents will send them to that you know oh, another camp oh I'll, i'll send them to that and then another chance for us to to pour into them um we had a camper climb night where all of our campers came to a climb gym and I uh, got to climb all night. We had 123 of our campers come to that. Uh, it was full with families, too. Um, if it had been the United States, the fire marshal would have shut us down. But <laughs> <laughs> we were in Nairobi. so Man,
0: that's awesome. And so you guys are home. Uh, you, at the time of this recording, you're heading back to Kenya in just a matter of days. You've been home. You've been kind of sharing with churches about what God has been doing, what he is doing, and how people can get involved. So how can... We or anyone listening to this podcast get involved with supporting the mission that God is uh, doing through you all.
1: Yeah, so um, Blue Sky Global is our sending organization. Um, if you were to, to to Google Blue Sky Global, you could find us that way, or um, you can follow us on our blog, which is brettandbronwyn dot com. Bronwyn has a complicated name, mm-hmm. so it's it's Brett with two T's, so it's B R E T T and a not the ampersand mm-hmm. and Bronwyn B-O- B O <laughs> B. <Great. laughs> We've been married twenty 20- years. Nailed it. <laughs> B-R-O-N-W-Y-N. So Brett We have a blog there. We share all of our stories. Actually, we just posted a bunch of really cool camper stories about conversions and, and people who had were impacted by camp. Um, you can read those. You can read about the fire. Um, but you can also become a supporter there. Um, there's a link there that just at the end of every blog post. And we are five hundred one C three, the United States. All of our um, all of our money is is done through the U S. Um, so yeah, you can you can become part of our support team right there.
0: Awesome. Well, last and final question. Uh, as I followed you all on Facebook, it has been awesome to see the pictures you guys post and where you live. Uh, frequently having monkeys and baboons. <laughs> Uh, going on safari and seeing animals, when you consider the beauty of creation in, in Africa uh, and in Kenya, what are some of the things that being there has taught you about God and about uh, the world and maybe even about your neighbor?
1: Yeah, so it's funny you say neighbor because I think that's the thing that we have kind of discovered the most. There's such a different understanding of neighbor I think, in, in Kenya than there is anywhere else. We were actually in Tanzania and we were on a bus with a lot of Kenyans. And, and um, they asked us, they were like, hey, we heard that in the United States, if someone comes to your house, uh, you don't feed them. Like you just put them in another room and then you go eat. And then, and then you know, then you go talk to them later. You don't, you don't want to feed them. But, because the culture there is someone comes to your house you love them. You you give them food. You give them what comfort. You give them whatever they need. And I think that's been the thing that we have learned more than anything. It, it is a little bit of, of of a village mentality, you know, which is amazing. Like it's the people are so loving. They really do care about each other. And as a matter of fact, we actually have two young boys who are about to come live with us, um, <laughs> keeping keep trying trying to keep in line with that kind of cultural idea. Um, two Kenyan boys that are going to come stay with us, and um, yeah, we're hoping to impact their lives.
2: Yeah, I mean the two guys that are coming to to live with us. I mean they're uh, they're they're college age. They were camp counselors with us this past summer. I mean God just kind of sent them to us. And amazing, one of them plays guitar. Just this amazing worship leader, and has his own kind of crazy story. Another one kind of grew up part of his life kind of on the streets and got in got in with kind of a street boys kind of type ministry and. Is really just loves God and just spiritually just solid and wants to share his faith and for me we also bring over uh, college students in the summer so if anybody wants to come spend the summer with us and be a camp counselor you know what you're doing this summer uh, come on and you get to be a camp counselor and then also go on safari and see all the cool things too but it's been amazing just to watch God through work through these college students the locals And the U.S. staff watch them kind of mix and just watch watch them be amazed at what God's doing through them. We had camp counselors say, "I don't know where those words came from. I don't know." Mm -hmm. And just seeing God work through them at camp has been pretty pretty cool too. Mm -hmm.
1: And I gotta say, watching the moon rise at the equator (laughs) on the Masamara. Mm Just gave me the chills, you know, just God's creation, you know, just, and seeing a leopard up in a tree with a wildebeest, you know, (laughs) also God's creation, you know, just wow, God, you are, you are awesome.
0: Well, that's awesome. I hope that, uh, you know, I'm grateful that our folks get exposure to, um, to what God is doing uh, around the world and, and what he continues to show us through the faithfulness. Of folks here in Memphis and how Memphis continues to impact the world so we thank God for your faithfulness. Y'all thank you for joining me today Thank you for having me. Thank you yeah for having and us one now. more time if somebody wants to find more information about you guys they can go to dot Bronwen,
1: com. that's our blog and yeah everything you want to know is right there
0: Awesome. Well thanks for joining us God bless you guys. Hopefully we'll talk to you soon
1: Thank you. All right,
2: thank you.